A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, my next guest was born and raised in the Chicagoland area. At the age of 10, she began writing books of poetry and then transitioned to writing screenplays in high school. After that, her writing slowed down, but she was reacquainted with her love of writing after the birth of her son, Malcolm. In her debut children's book, Miracle Malcolm, she showcases her talents to the world as an author in hopes of inspiring, educating, and spreading positivity to those around her. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Ariel Simmons to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Ariel, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate thank it. You, thank you. All right, thank so we're going to. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> you allowing me to speak, especially about something I'm super passionate about. All right, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. So we're going to jump into your story first. Uh, okay. Your writing journey began at a young age. Um, looking back now, mm-hmm. what was the inspiration? for your writing? So back then, especially, you know, I think I was like, um, even before 10, I know 10, I really got serious. But even prior to that, honestly, I think me being super interested in, and having a love for English and spelling. So just having a love for writing in general, kind of piqued my interest and made me want to figure out what I could do, you know, regarding writing and, and how I could kind of have my own take on putting my own words together and creating my own stories. So just loving English and spelling and, and all in those subjects that really allow you to be creative and creative writing, it really, it started from that point. So where, how was school then when, with those subjects and being passionate about it that young I'm sure it was it had to be simple you know what I mean <laughs> right like, honestly yes even to this day I love English I love spelling I love writing uh, those were my top subjects those were the subjects that I excelled the most at because I was super interested in reading and and um, writing and trying to figure out um, and and connect the stories it was always so easy to connect everything and make sense of everything when it came to um, writing and English and spelling. It just, it was, it came easy. Now the other subjects, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> <laughs> so poetry, what was it about poetry um, at the age of 10 that attracted you to that specific type of writing? Um, You know, I think just really playing around, honestly, um, I think I wanted to challenge myself in a different way. And I took, I remember taking a Latin course. I took a Latin course and um, I believe I was, I was 10, I was around that age and I took a Latin course and just kind of diving into the, such a, you know, a, a new different language. I think because, especially with that being my first um, foreign language that I was being introduced to, 
that really kind of piqued my interest in a weird way because it allowed me to want to know, okay, what else, what could I do and how could I be more creative? And it just really led to me writing more and writing poetry. Poetry because I, I was able to be creative and showcase um, myself in, in that type of form. Thus what caused me to, to really dive more deeper into that. So how was that for like your parents when you told them you were interested in writing and poetry? How what were their reactions to it? My mom loved it. She was the one that was um, there and involved and she absolutely loved it. Um, I remember as I progressed my school at that time, they they started a um, it was like a poetry club kind of. And it allowed us to to put our our work into a, a book. So that was my first time that I was able to showcase my talent. It was in a book. It 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 um was on sale. So that was like the first time that, you know, my talent was really showcased. And my mom was super excited and would read it, you know, show it off to everybody when family gatherings and friends. So I could tell she was super excited and she wanted me to continue it and just, you know, really encourage me to keep it going. Wow, that's crazy. Um, so you transition to writing screenplays in high school, which is a big, big transition. That's <laughs> from poetry to screenplay. That's huge, right? <laughs> so, like, how was that, how was that even that? Because screenplays now, as an adult, is 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 difficult. So right? how was that in high school? <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty amazing, honestly, and not one part of it was challenging. So I had mm. what what introduced me to it was I had an English course and a, um, it was actually speech and my favorite subject in high school because everything was like um, a way for me to um, excel more and expand my writing and, and do so much with my writing. And I was put to the test when we were reading this book called Monster and we had to choose, you know, did we want to. Um, what we wanted to do to put our take on finishing the book. So we finished the book, but she's like, okay, go ahead and put your take on it. And I wrote a whole screenplay and she was blown away. She's like, I mean, I'm, I have to give you an aid. I, I don't know what else to give you because you just sat here and wrote a whole screenplay, wow. <laughs> uh, you know, based on the book. And after that, I, I got heavily involved in my, uh, my drama club and, was writing for different parts of the plays that we would do and giving my take on those. So it just, it just was super, it came super natural to me, you know, and you think back like now, even thinking back, I'm like, man, you, as you're growing, you're like, man, what talents do I have? What do I have to contribute to the world? And now I'm like, I had all these, these talents looking back, you know, and you just don't yes. know until you reflect. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> So, so that assignment, it wasn't even to put it into a screenplay? No. <laughs> you just chose to do it? Yep. <laughs> so what, what made you choose that format uh, for that I got, for that I got inspired because of how the book was set up. So the book was kind of set up where it would allow you to take a step back and then go. It was, it was kind of set up like a movie. So I kind of, I played off of that. I played off of the setup of the book. And then I just put my own spin on it, you know, using certain dialogue like cut to and, you know, the, the certain lingo that that um, happens in actual movies. I put my my take on it 
and just ran with it and was super inspired by how I wanted the book to finish myself. And it just drove me, drove me to create the screenplay. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a total of 15 pages, maybe. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. So it was that's intense. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I regret that I don't have at this, at this exact moment. Cause I talk about it. I bring it up as a, as a moment that I'm super proud of. But I don't have it to show, which, which you know, I regret. But I have, you know, other things to show. But that would have been amazing. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, are you still dabbling in screen screenplay writing, or? I'm sorry. Are you still dabbling in that area and writing screenplays? Oh no, no! Just because my focus and my my passion has like created a whole new like. It's on a whole new level, so I'm not. I haven't even dipped back into it since high school. Mm, to break break down that level in terms of your creativity right now, yeah, in in your your thought process of what you want to create. So now I think you know, especially with with where where I am right now, I I think I'm just kind of on this wave of of a children's book right now, especially, you know, regarding my son and being inspired by that. So I think I'm going to ride this wave for, for as long as I can with the, with the children's book and creating right. around that format until, you know, until something else comes up to where I feel like I should take another route. Okay. Okay. So it says you're writing slow down for a while. What was Mm-hmm. Was that like intentional? Was it unintentional? Was it life? Was it just growing up and being interested in other things? Like what what happened up until and when was your son born? A year? He was born in 2017. 2017. So three mm-hmm. years ago. Two October. two, three years ago. Oh, October what? October 30th, actually, oh. the day before Halloween. Okay, shout, shout out to all the Scorpios out there. <laughs> right, right. Um, so what, what, what caused the break or what happened during that time that slowed down the writing? You know, I, I want to say just life. It was a mixture of just, you know, growing up, figuring myself out, um, going through just life and trying to figure out, you know, what what I really have to offer to the world. and trying to figure out if writing was really a passion. And I think I let it, I let it kind of die away because I got into modeling and I, I just created, or I had other interests that, that peaked. And I just, you know, took advantage of the opportunities that came with modeling and just um, other co- career opportunities that really just got my focus off of writing and just ultimately being uninspired because, you know, I just felt like if I don't have anything to write about, if I don't have a purpose, it's going to be pointless and it's mm. not going to be my best. That's crazy. So then, so then you got back yeah. into writing. So once you started back up at writing, obviously um, as an adult now, what was the goal in mm-hmm. terms of when you picked that pen back up? Was it, was it as soon as your son was born, was it working on your children's book? Um, Miracle Malcolm, or was it sometime before that? It was actually after he was born and when he was home. So I was so I was so like kind of numb and and um dealing with the healing of him being born early, being born prematurely. 
that my my whole mindset was like clouded um when he was born and even months after so my writing the children's book didn't start until he was healthy out of the hospital um home from the NICU and I was an actual stay-at-home mom that's when I got inspired um to to actually write the book okay so let's all right so let's break down that that yeah. moment of your life so mm -hmm. um obviously you you uh, mentioned he was a pre he was born premature how early so he was born about three months early honestly so October November yeah so about three months early he was born I had him at 25 weeks um he was due in February on February 10th to be exact he came October 30th so about two and a half months early he came um and he spent three months in the NICU Mm. So yeah. that 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 three months was that a mm -hmm. were you did you have obviously your first time mom at that point uh did you have right people who to lean on to talk to about the experience and obviously the doctors um they give you the uh, mm -hmm. the medical advice and the possibilities and everything like that but besides outside of the doctors did you have somebody um to talk to regarding that was in a similar situation that had uh, a child early as well? Honestly, at that, at that moment, and you know, this could, this might sound, you know, selfish or what, what have you, but aside from my family being there, of course, for the support, I really was not even interested in even talking about it. Um, I just wanted to get through it and just um, kind of deal with it on not even on my own but in my own way right. so to speak so I did of course lean on my my boyfriend and my mom his mom and you know that that immediate support as well as the social worker that's given um to us to help us along the way so I did lean on the support but I I honestly didn't start leaning on other moms or other preemie moms and moms in my similar situation until really recently, like mm. this year recently. And, you know, just because um, I, 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 I think I needed to still heal in that book, the book helped me heal, but I needed to still face some situations and, or face the reality of that situation and um, heal on my own before I could even begin to talk about it. And, and it, in a way, it make it it embarrassed me. It made me feel like, okay, why, like, why did I go through this? And I just wanted to be prepared for the conversations that I did have when they happened. Right. So, you picked up the pen. Um, you're home. Um, mm -hmm. your son comes home, and you're just being a parent. And then you, 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 was it a thing of? you wanted to share the story or what, what was the motivation behind writing the book? So initially I wanted to write it for myself. So I initially started to write Miracle Malcolm, didn't even have a title at this point. Um, but I just want, I knew I was writing for myself. I knew because any, any moment in my life that I did write, it was for a reason. And, you know, it was for a deeper reason than me, just wanting to write. I felt, I've always felt the passion behind it. I've always felt the need to write for something. And this, this, because it was triggered all over again at this time, 
I wanted to write for myself at this point because I felt like I needed healing and I was too prideful to to really talk about it at this time with anyone other than myself and how I knew I could handle it and deal with it in my way. So this book started off selfish and selfish for selfish reason and ultimately finished with wanting to help other moms in my situation, help other families spread premature awareness um, and provide as much help and support to others that I could through this mm. book. So what made you choose the format you did in terms of putting it in the children's book rather than like a, a nonfiction, like a memoir type type book for like enrolled in, in putting yourself as the character instead of your son. What made you choose the children's book with your son as the main character and him being the focus? That's a like great question. And that's, that's awesome that you asked that because I don't <laughs> ask that in it, you know, even allowing myself to think about that. But I, I know for a fact that I wrote Miracle Malcolm in a children's format because, you know, kids need as much as, as much awareness mm -hmm. as adults. You know, we have so many books for parents and parent guide and how to do this as a parent and, you know, certain tips for parents, but kids need just as much awareness and to be, to be um, educated about certain things at an early age so that when they do grow up and they, you know, as they do get older, they are aware of certain things throughout their growing um a toddler life you know so instead of springing it onto them and them learning about it when they're an adult it's i felt that it was needed to talk to kids about certain things um especially about premature awareness at a young age because you know that the young ages are when the bullying starts and the the curiosity peaks and so many things happen with children that, you know, as they get older, they they react or they will respond. And, you know, kids are brutally honest. So they they will say what they want to say because they're not aware. So if you're aware, especially at a young age, then you know how to handle certain situations um, when someone doesn't look like you or when someone's a, a smaller size than you. And, you know, when when someone is unhealthy as a kid and these are things that could happen based from premature birth, you know, from being born premature. So this was my way of giving this to families, giving this to moms so that they could educate their kids at an early age and, you know, just prep them for the possibilities as their children gets older. That's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Um, I'm going to break down this book <laughs> real quick. Because when I, when okay. I, I don't know, I don't know what my, what I expected, but it, it <laughs> exceeded expectation. You know what I mean? Just, 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 just uh, looking at uh, the cover. So I'm looking at this cover. I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing the, uh, the, the, the title Miracle Malcolm. I'm seeing the synopsis. I'm like, okay, this is going to be, I don't know what I expected. So I don't know. I just expected <laughs> a different type of story, but. Right. Um, and then I see this, this, this beautiful black character on the front. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. so when then I open the book and then 
the story, the format of the story, the way you approached it, the narration of the story, you did it from your son's perspective. Yes. That's what surprised me. And it was, and even like you said, you want, you want to inspire, you want to educate and you, and you do this in this book. And, and, it, and even by not only the images, like it's so many. So this book for me has positive imagery and has positive message. It has the premature birth awareness. It has a main black character, which is definitely important in for our children. Um, it is a children's mm-hmm. book and it has pictures of, like I said, it's from your son's perspective. It has pictures of a supportive black family um, in the book and right. it has happiness and joy and it brings a sense of right. normality to the readers. The way mm-hmm. you word everything, the way you make us picture um, each step each literally mm-hmm. each step of that process so yeah. what may like it's, it's, it's amazing because like then like when a child when a child reads this and they're introduced to uh uh premature birth um like a young mm-hmm. kid not, not knowing not knowing what it is and even me as an adult i know about it but you don't know right. about it you know what i mean you don't know exactly. the process you don't know the steps you don't know how long you know children mm-hmm. are you know children are in um the NICU and things like that. But you don't know, but seeing that, reading that three months, you know what I mean? That's a, mm-hmm. that's a right. very, very long time. And then right. seeing it from his perspective, saying my parents were there all the time. I was I, I, like, I don't want to give too much of the book away because I want people to go out, definitely <laughs> yeah. go out and get it. But it's, it's from his perspective and it's exactly. not only heartwarming, but it's, it, it's, it's so positive like, and, and it's so educating that I even learned from it, like, wow, that whole, whole experience. So what made you write it in that, in that format rather than say third person? Right. And thank you so much for that, that feedback that, that really makes me feel good. That, that makes me just (laughs) super excited (laughs) to even, you know, keep it going. But I wrote it in that format. I wrote it in that way. I wrote it with, um, everything that you just mentioned in mind, because I'm like, at the end of the day, these are children, even though, you know, the parents are going to be reading to them if they're toddler age, you know, they could possibly understand and read something. But ultimately, the parents are reading to them. However, these are this book is for the children. This book is for the kids to to be able to understand and grasp the concept of what's really happening. And I chose it to keep it in that tone, that that format, because although it's something sensitive, I still want. Um, families to get hope from this. I still want families to understand that this is a, a sensitive, emotional, scary even time, but it doesn't have to be this, you know, you create the joy out of the situation. This is what it could turn into, you know, if you just keep pushing forward and you just, you know, have that hope and that, that positivity, because if you notice the tone throughout the book, it's, it's the, because I'm Miracle Malcolm and it just keeps, you know, that tone of, this happened, but I'm this, you know, and right, that's how right. I chose to write it with that in mind, you know, because I want parents to understand that it happened, but it gets better. So, right. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's deep right there. Um, <laughs> let's talk about premature birth awareness. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you believe there's enough of it out here? It is not. It is so not. And 
I didn't know about it prior to having my son premature. I wasn't even aware that there was this whole world. Like that's a, there's a whole world. There's a whole day acknowledged for premature awareness. There's several days that, that, um, pick apart that, that, uh, that one day and, and branch off into other premature awareness, um, activities. And it's just so much surrounding premature awareness that I had no idea about. So if I don't know, if I didn't know at that time, then how many others in our community and around us that don't know? So that in itself is what ultimately really drove me to push this as hard as I can, because I'm like, you don't know until you know. And if you don't know, you're not going to even think about trying to figure it out because you don't know that it exists or you don't know to what extent it exists. So, yeah. Are there many stories uh, about premature birth out there? There are a few as I, I definitely did my research to see my, what my um, competitors were, were <laughs> at that time, just to see, you know, who else is out there that's, that I could be competing with. But even aside from that, just doing research to see what exists for children in, you know, a children book form, what exists out there. And it's literally a handful. So it's not a, even a big market. Yep. It's li- like you could count on your hands how many books are out there. <laughs> That's crazy. So going back to this, your story, your format, the, the point of view uh, from Malcolm's perspective, as a parent, you know, it seems like every month is a new story for children because they're always learning so right. fast. They're picking up habits. <laughs> Um, when did you know the story was ready? Cause I'm, because I'm sure it was like, you could have written a thousand page book, you know what I mean? On his life so (laughs) far. So (laughs) when did you know the story was ready? That's, that's another great question. Cause you are absolutely right. I could have definitely kept writing as I wanted to, but I had to pace myself and I had to stop in cause I'm a person that gets super excited and want to spill everything at once, but I had to pace myself because I had to think long term, I had to tell myself, Ariel, this is something that you want. You know, as I got serious about it, especially after I finished, I stopped where I did because I'm like, okay, you have plans for for this to track his life. You have plans for, you know, when you want to do another one or, you know, what have you. So I knew I needed to stop at some point because of when the next one would pick up. And there, you know, just thinking long term in my head, I'm like, okay, just pace yourself, stop here, and just, you know, let this be an introductory book and take it from there. So it just, you know, just stopping at the appropriate time, which ultimately made so much sense because that's when he came home and and um that's when my writing began. So I, I really just stopped it when I knew I I got everything out that I could while he, and up until he came home. All right. So I think you just actually answered my next question. So uh, oh, okay. <laughs> can we can we expect a series uh, from Miracle Malcolm? Yes, that's definitely <laughs> what it's going to be. Um, it's going to be a series to track his life. And when I say his life, I literally mean up until, you know, I get to a point where I feel like he could take it over or it's turning into something so big to where you know it branches off to a whole nother thing so we literally have a whole 
roster set for Miracle Malcolm already <laughs> that <laughs> we're super excited to, like I said, pace ourselves and announce as appropriate and really, you know, feed, give information when it's when it's ready and when it makes sense. Yeah, I, I can see it. Like, and literally, you're anticipating, <laughs> and you're waiting just to see because it's like a journey. It's like we're going on a journey with you. You know what I mean? To see yes, how things turn yes. out, the tea, just everything. But it's definitely dope. So, um, thank you. Now you have a two-year-old. <laughs> he's oh my God. reading. He's <laughs> he's picking books up. How is it when he sees himself in that book? He just looks at it and I'm always like, who is that? <laughs> who is that? And I'm like, Malcolm, and he just repeats. He's at this repeating age now, so he repeats everything. But Malcolm, this kid, he's amazing, for one. And Malcolm's, Malcolm's willingness and want to learn already. Malcolm is smart as heck. This boy, is he amazes me every day. He's extremely smart. His want to read. Malcolm enjoys reading. So I'm just like over overjoyed right now with, you know, my passion and just seeing how he is at this young age. He's so hungry to learn. And it just reminds me so much of myself, um, especially for this particular subject and just seeing how he is taking interest into it already. It just it may it's like I'm a proud mom. <laughs> <laughs> so when when was the first time you introduced the book to him? When was the first time you showed it to him? And <laughs> when we got it, like oh, yeah. when when my <laughs> when when my publisher sent my first copy, and I it's just I couldn't. It's it's a feeling you can't even describe because here I am going through this whole process of writing it. I'm um working through this whole thing and. In the mail comes the the final copy, and it just was it was an amazing feeling, like outer body experience, and to share this with my son, who who is the reason for it all. It was just unex it's unexplainable. Um, but you know, he's his smile, just like the picture on the book. His smile just lights up, and you know, it was almost as if he was proud himself just to see him <laughs> on the cover, you know, even though he doesn't know, but it's like that smile is what tells it all. And now that same moment, obviously we, we just mm -hmm. heard your experience as, as, as a parent author. How was that mm -hmm. receiving your first book, physical copy, just as a writer in general, Based Man. on your background from being from that 10 year old girl that had that right? book showing to, to that point. <laughs> I'm getting all like giggly over here. So it's <laughs> like it was amazing because nothing aside from, you know, my screenplay being printed off the computer and, you know, um, the my uh, first my first few poems being put into the book. This was on a whole new level. This was a whole new experience because it's on a more professional level and now as introverted as I am or as I can be this is out to the public this is for real this is like no joke so it's it it makes me feel even more accomplished um from from what I know I can offer and what I know my talents are this takes it to a whole new level so it's it's a whole new level of being proud and being excited and being and just putting myself out there in a whole new way. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. Speaking of, just speaking of that, just since you mentioned it, putting yourself out there, how mm-hmm. was there ever a, a time where you had a sense of reluctancy of whether you should put yourself out there and uh, feeling <laughs> vulnerable, uh, just sharing that story? Yes. You know what I mean? Because it's so personal. My goodness. Yes, 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 yes. Like, yes. <laughs> there was so many. <laughs> because honestly, again, I am regardless of the pictures that, you know, people see and the the type of like the modeling I did and the th- the how it may come across online. I am extremely like I'm an introvert, <laughs> introvert <laughs> to the T. Like I love being, you know, doing my own thing. I'm a homebody. I love just interacting with the same people like newness is intimidating at first to me it takes a lot to put myself out there and when I do it's a it's a huge step out of my comfort zone so this you know to do this to to put myself out there and honestly I forced myself to do a lot of these things and not in a negative way um it may sound negative but I I literally push myself beyond you know because I know my potential so I push myself and force myself in a way to to level up you know I got to push myself to the next level but it's going to take me coming out of my comfort zone so I do all of these things I've done the modeling I do you know the events and and worked with so many people and do the writing and and interact the way I do on social media and off social media because I'm pushing myself to my potential I'm pushing myself to be the woman the business owner, the author, the creator um, of, you know, anything artistic around me, I'm pushing myself to be her. So in order to be her, I have to push and I have to get there. And that's going to only happen outside of my comfort zone. Right. <laughs> it definitely, especially in today's age. So <laughs> you, you went from a, a writer to an author. Um, and we, I had this discussion with, uh, shout out to author Untamed. I had this discussion with her as well. Nice. Authors yeah. are like now because of social media, we're, 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 we're like dumped in that entertainer uh, category mm-hmm. as well. How is it now, especially with, uh, like you say, your personality, your introvert, how is it now knowing you have to be visual? You know what I mean? You have to show yourself. You have to right. tell your story. Right. You have to show up the book events they like people want to meet you like how is that right. now like how is that life now going from a writer when just doing it for yourself to now being an author where you're you have to put yourself out there in a sense i think i because i've prepped and conditioned myself so much <laughs> over the years <laughs> and kind of psyched myself and just hyped myself up for for everything that comes with all of this especially with um with modeling, honestly, modeling gave me that that opportunity to get used to and comfortable in my own skin and allowed me to open up in a whole new way. So by the time that I even got to this point, even though, yeah, sometimes I, I do I do get iffy about certain things still, but I think I'm still at enough at a further enough point um, in my life now where I'm not as intimidated. So I'm okay with, you know, doing what I have to do to make sure that the end result is a success, you know, especially, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to something like this, like the book. Okay, so, well, um, so once you, once you uh, published the book, you got your book, what, ha- what was the feedback from like your family and friends about the book and about your writing journey? 
amazing feedback from like literally everybody. My boyfriend was ecstatic to see the final project, his mom, my mom. I think everybody was like, oh, oh my God, you did this. And it was like a surreal moment at first because it was, you know, it, it goes from you talking about it on a daily <laughs> or yeah. you know, making mention that this is what you're doing to weeks, months, you know, down the line, here's the final product. And to see it, it was it was like a aha, surreal moment, because it's like, oh, wow, you were serious. You know, you actually did this. And, you know, <laughs> I, I was ext extremely vocal with, you know, sometimes only me and my boyfriend knew exactly what was happening. I didn't really share as as much detail with a lot of people just because, you know, this is something so so sacred so um precious that i, I mm -hmm. wanted to really make sure it was right before you know it got to a point where i was ready to really full-on talk about it so outside your family and friends um mm -hmm. have you done like book expos and readings and things like that yeah no not a, not yet but it's it's something i definitely plan to all right, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, you, I'm sure you're gonna meet a bunch of people that like with this, like with this type of story. But I'm sure mm -hmm. through social media, you've met these type of people that could share similar stories. Yes, um, for sure. How is that knowing that because of your journey, you're exposing other people to, um, like I said, the same vulnerability you had, and now you're build, mm -hmm. building a connection with a reader who shares the same exact story. Um, Right. And they can relate to your story. How is that meeting somebody like that and knowing that your book like sparked that sparked that that confidence in them oh as well as a parent? Exactly. So I can't even tell you how many relationships I've built online with moms that are going through the same thing. How many friend requests, how many emails I've gotten, DMs. And it was just it's been an outpour and it still is an outpour of love and constant admiration for my transparency and for my vulnerability that it's something I, I extremely I, I take to heart and I literally hold it because this is this the to get the feedback you know from those moms and those families that are going through this a similar situation to get that feedback that that excites me to to a point where I want to keep this going for them especially you know because this is ultimately, in addition to myself, these are the people that I wrote it for. And I, I just, I built these connections. I literally have about three moms that I, I check in with and we talk and we we build a connection and mm. we built the connection based off of them reaching out to me when they saw me put out the book. And, you know, so it's to get the feedback, to get, you know, the reactions to see people inquire about it and to even ask a question about it it just it makes me feel amazing because this is just it started off just like like my dad would say it started off as intellectual property and it is now something that could impact the world so mm -hmm. i just will be forever grateful for any any inquiry or any <laughs> feedback <laughs> regarding the book all right. So, so that connection you, 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 you talked about, um, with those other moms and how mm -hmm. important is that for a, for not even a parent of 
because I don't want to, I don't want to separate it. But you know what I mean? A parent of a premature, right. uh, a child is born premature is the same as a parent. of. How important is that connection for parents, period? I think, I think it, it's extremely important because parenting is, is challenging. It is, you know, and it's just the real about it. It's a challenging time. Um, of course, it's rewarding. It's, it's precious. It's special, but it's challenging because like it's been told to us, there's no handbook, there's no rule book, there's mm-hmm. no blueprint. So to connect with another mom, another parent in any form on a common ground and share tips and share our life experiences and just come together as a venting, um, you know, and just lean on each other for support. I think that it makes the journey that much more easier and it it takes a village. It takes, you know, it takes that teamwork to build up and to to put somebody else's insecurities at ease and to let them know that you are doing a good job. You know, no matter if you had a bad day this day, you are still doing a good job. You're still a good mom. You're still a good parent. So I think just having that support in general, it's it's um, priceless because, you know, you could not get it. And there are people out here, unfortunately, that don't have it. So to get it, it's, it's precious. Mm. So you're you're so you're going say say you go back to 2018. Mm-hmm. You got the younger version of yourself. You got the younger version of your boyfriend. You guys just had um, a baby that was born premature. Mm-hmm. You're in there. You're 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 dealing with it. You're a weekend. You're a month in. You're three months in. You're four months in. You're five months in. There are parents out there that are in the same situations you guys were, and you have. You have a chance mm-hmm. that you have a chance. They're listening and they're 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 inspired by your story. What advice would you give those young parents who are just stepping into a situation like this or any parent in general? Honestly, the best advice, as cliche as it might sound, is to literally dig your heels in and push through because there it's so easy to get caught up in your emotions. And I literally have to give thanks and and I have so much respect for my boyfriend during this time because having a baby in general you know not even a premature baby so that was added trauma that I felt like I experienced but having a baby is life-changing it it changes your it changes it changes your moods your and I'm especially speaking personally it changed my mood it changed you know certain things within myself that it, it caused me to be more emotional. So to, to literally push through certain phases and push through the, 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 the moments that just literally, you know, take you off course and having an accountability partner, I think is just so important. So literally that, that just the push through of allowing yourself to feel, but not allowing yourself to get stuck in those feelings. And, Mm. you know, everything is a phase to, to just be more, just be self-aware and know that everything is a phase. It's okay to feel. But again, that I, I do wholeheartedly believe now that I'm out of, you know, and I'm, I feel like I'm at a point where I am healed. I do know just pushing through and acknowledging my emotions, but not allowing myself to be stuck in them is so crucial. So just, again, having my boyfriend there to hold me accountable, it really helped me to push through even more. Mm, that's deep. So back to your writing. 
Mm-hmm. You are a brand new parent. You're you're writing. You're someone who had this passion, and you you have this. You started penning this amazing story. Um, the story mm-hmm. that is so deep to you, that is so personal to you. Now, um, you have you you have the task of finding the perfect person to illustrate it. Yeah. Explain that <laughs> process. How was that? Yeah. Knowing that you had a story that that's going to inspire so many people. So it, it, it had to be right. And you, I'm sure, and especially putting your son in it, especially putting you in it, your boyfriend in it, you knew it had to be right. (laughs) So how did you find the right illustrator? (laughs) It's so crazy because that gets, that gets, um, that question gets asked a lot as well, because people are always blown away about at the illustrations and, and at, how accurate they are and how they are to us. And, you know, so it's crazy because I met, I've never, (laughs) I've never even personally, like in person met my illustrator. So I, I know his sister and I met his sister doing promotional work. Um, and we met, we began talking and I opened up to her that I was writing, um, the book and you know we just kind of went from there and as we were discussing she's like oh that's crazy my brother does you know artwork he's an illustrator I was like oh, okay didn't you know didn't think of it then but that's where at least the idea to even reach out to him came from because when I was at a point of being ready um, had the manuscript and I'm I'm just at a point where I'm researching publishing companies and trying to figure out my next step my next step was to get the illustrator to illustrate the whole book and then proceed with the publishing company. So I reached out to him because I didn't have anyone else in mind. Like I hadn't even known where to start and I didn't want to just go off of Instagram and choose an illustrator. So I reached out to him. Um, His name is Tyree. Reached out to him and literally got to work. (laughs) And he, of course, there was revisions needed. There was a lot of, I felt that I was being extremely anal, but I had to because, you know, I needed a a great product in the end. And (laughs) he he really executed very well, um, ultimately, but it took some time. So explain that, uh, that process for, for writers who, who don't know and, and, I say this is different because it's not like a animal character or something generic. Like the, the, <laughs> right. the shout out to Tyree, right. Tyree Bowman, shout out to the illustrator Tyree Bowman, because they are on point. The illustrations are spot on. They, they are Thank good. You. So, so, <laughs> so that process, you like I said, like you, like you said, there were revisions. They weren't right. So just explain mm-hmm. to that writer. So like, was it a sit down thing? We, oh, you say you never, guys never met. So was it just like a communication thing? Like emails? Was it phone calls? And, um eventually how did you guys all of that to get to the same page (laughs) yes it was it was literally all of that we like (laughs) i said i've never even (laughs) met him in person he ended up moving out of state he now lives in arizona but he moved out of state in the in the like during the whole process of um of us you know working and him doing my illustrations he moved so but he, you know, he, his communication was always on point. It was just trying to figure out my needs. And, you know, as vocal as I thought I was, I know sometimes I could be all over <laughs> the place because I'm a, I'm a passionate talker. So I talk about everything, but 
I try to um, be as as visual in my writing as possible and get my point across. But, you know, we kept missing a mark. I I'm pretty sure I got on his nerves because I called him <laughs> all the time. I always had meetings that, you know, after my my nine to five, I'm like, hey, are you free? I try to fit in conference calls, you know, on my lunch break. So just really staying, you know, um, on top of it with him, even to a point where if I felt like when I would read his emails, if I felt like he didn't understand, I was calling him. So it was always like being on top of it and he would sketch up something. I'm like, no, that's not it. That's not, you know, that's not, that's nowhere it, near it. So <laughs> we really, <laughs> we really just had to do a lot of um, understanding each other. And, you know, he was extremely sweet, extremely understanding, extremely, you know, um, he was wanting to do his best because, and I could tell because of how, passionate he was for what he was doing it for so he was he felt more like you know he it's like he had a duty as well you know yes he wants to do the illustrations but he wanted to do them just as good you know if not even better than what I wanted him to do so he mm. um he ultimately pushed through and I think honestly I think I think I pushed him to to another potential to reach you know for himself within himself and um, I think we just we ultimately learned a lot about each other during that time frame. But it started off with hand sketches. And I, I told him, I'm like, no, I don't want hand sketches. I want digital. So he oh, really, okay. you know, he. Yeah. So what you guys are seeing and what what you guys have um, are is the digital artwork that was converted to, you know, to that format so that it, it could fit the children's book. But. Um, which takes more time. It takes more, it's more of a tedious pro process and you don't really see a lot of digital artwork and, you know, because it is time consuming, it, it is expensive mm -hmm. and, you know, but it's, it's how my vision was. So I'm, I needed it to be executed. Right. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> so you said something very, <laughs> you said something very important just now. You said um, he wanted it to be just as good as you wanted it. Like he wanted the same thing. Mm -hmm. So for writers yeah. out there that don't know, explain how important for them it is to choose someone who is just as passionate as their project as they are. Because yeah, some people just I do it for the it. money. Some of these illustrators, they'll, <laughs> they'll get the check and they'll give you anything. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> how true. important is finding and someone that's not <laughs> That that's exactly that's exactly it. And I'm not even going to lie. I did feel that way at one point with him. I felt because I'm like we were missing it just so much in the beginning. It wasn't it wasn't right. Even, you know, I would show my boyfriend and my boyfriend would be like, no, no. <laughs> and I just I was nervous. So it is important because ultimately I knew I'm like, OK, Terry, I know that you are not this person. So this is what I need. I really had to really write it out as as blatant as, as bold as I could. And ultimately we got it. But I think it's important to choose someone that is just as passionate about your project than you, or if not even more, because it'll show in their work. You know, of oh, course, yeah. you know, everybody's not always going to get it right the first time or second or whatever, but you will, sh you will see their want and their desire to please 
you in the in, in that way because they're wanting to to execute um you know great work they want to they want to showcase great work not just for you but for the project and for what it's going to do in the world and you know ultimately this is their stamp on it so just to I, I think it's important just because you want someone that that has that respect for their work just as much as they want that you know they want to be respected for it mm-hmm. like what you hear so far Make sure you never miss an episode of the Fiction Addiction Podcast by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. So, <laughs> you get to this point now. You, you, you write your story. You, uh-huh. you, you have your illustrator. You have everything's aligning. Publishing. Mm-hmm. I, Walk us through that journey of now going that route in terms of finding the right publisher, in terms of did you do what you uh, did you do independently? So what, mm-hmm. what was that journey of your publishing? What is your publishing journey? And you can explain to us the entire process of going through it from A to B. Sure. So the publishing after after my illustrations were done, before my illustrations even got done, before I even reached out to Tyree for illustrations, I reached out to one publisher because I knew I wanted to self-publish. So I self-published the book and I knew I wanted to go that route to begin with um, just because of, you know, it's more, it's more lucrative. It's more beneficial to the um, author. Um, So I knew I wanted to go that route. And when I did my research, I found one company that stood out the most and that offered the most benefits. So I thought, so I reached out to that company and they're like, okay, you need to finish your illustrations before we can even move forward. And they did at this time, when I reached out to them, they had this um, publishing package that it it did seem that, you know, it was appealing at that time for what I was able to, what I was looking for. And it offered a lot for what they were, um, what the package was worth. So, um reached out to them. They told me what I needed to do with my artwork, got my art, um, my artwork finished. By the time my artwork was done, I had stumbled upon another publishing company who I ultimately ended up publishing with because they Mm. offered better turnaround times. They offered, um, cheaper, cheaper pricing, but they offered more than what the other publishing company that I sought after first offered. So I just really had to kind of weigh my options and, I didn't overwhelm myself with a lot of options at first. I literally started with one. Um, you know, I narrowed it down from a list, but only ended up with um, one at first because I just felt like they they were the ones that really was going to take care of my needs. But then another one came up and at the perfect time because I was I was ready to go and they were offering great turnaround times that that fit my um my plans for how I wanted to put out everything and ultimately went with them and everything was out when it needed to be. So it, it happened at a perfect time. Mm, that's crazy. So like when you, so that first company and transitioning to that second company, looking back now, like how relieved are you um, 
that you did the research, which is which I believe is important. That's that's very important that you yes. did that because you were able. So how relieved were you that you did the research and took the time? And, and like you said, you were patient. Extremely, because I was extremely um, grateful that I, I waited and I went with the company I did because I, I not only saved the money, um, I got other benefits and other other um, other things that were offered to me within that package that that the company I went with offered that it just it was more it is more beneficial to my brand and where we are going further down the line. It just makes more sense. And now that I look back, that first company that I had in mind, I wouldn't be, you know, this for this far mm. along in my journey with Miracle Malcolm if I had have went with that first company. So that really put everything in, into perspective for me because I even thought about that, you know, while I was working with this, the company that I went with. I'm like, man, if I would have stuck with that first <laughs> company, they wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been nowhere near where I am right. with Miracle Malcolm. So it's definitely a relief. <laughs> <laughs> so you found your perfect illustrator. You found your perfect publisher. You release your book. Mm -hmm. Release day. <laughs> How was yes. release day? How'd you do it? Did you do it like, did you do it just the, the online uh, notification? Did you have a release party? Like how, how, how did you do it? So it did start out as me wanting to have a launch party that ultimately, you know, it was crunch time stuff, stuff just approached so quickly um, with everything that it just, didn't make sense anymore. So I ultimately ended up just launching online, which I'm extremely grateful for because my online turnout was, was, um, overly amazing. Mm -hmm. Like it, it exceeded expectations. It, it did extremely well, but I was strategic in choosing my launch date because I launched on November 17th, which is, um, world premature, world prematurity day. Mm -hmm. So that was just the perfect day for me to launch the book about premature awareness. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. So, so now you launched your book. It's out there in Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's at Barnes and Nobles. You get the notification that yes. your book is available on Walmart. How was that feeling? Yes. <laughs> that was awesome because I honestly, and it's so funny how I even found out I was in communication with my publisher again, just figuring out certain updates and what else is next. And she's like, oh, yeah, and it's on Walmart. I was like, oh, OK, so casual. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. By the way, it's on Walmart. I was like, OK, <laughs> am I the only one excited for this? <laughs> so it was awesome. It was just it was kind of like a flyby, by the way. But I took it as huge because I'm like, Walmart is a huge oh, yeah. retailer. It's the most known retailer. It's one of my favorites, <laughs> <laughs> especially when it comes to my son. So it just, it was awesome. And, you know, now we have more work to do as far as being in the actual store, but the website of, is oh, yeah, definitely, definitely a step a in the right direction. You know what I mean? So, um, <laughs> so now you're, you're an author, you're published, your book is out there. Um, how is it in your area in Chicago land? How is being an author in that land in terms of uh, gaining readers, uh, fellow authors, and networking events, book events? Because I know, I know. Um, like I said, I was talking to 
mm-hmm. and the other interviews. Atlanta is like the mecca. It seems to be the mecca of book events. And oh my right, God. Because right? every time you turn around, it's a children's <laughs> right. book event, children's book fair, book fair, book festival. Um, yeah. How is it in Chicago in the area? How, how is it up there with, in terms of books? You know, you know, I am, I'm, I think I am in the beginning stages of trying to <laughs> figure that out and, and dive into it even further. Um, we have so much coming up as far as our personal, you know, personal life. We're taking a move and a transition back to the city. And I feel like once I'm really acclimated to my surroundings, I will dive even deeper into um, you know, becoming a part of different events and trying to see where I would fit in and where it makes sense. And um, but I have started my research to see, you know, what what's out there for me, where I can attach myself to, where I could um connect with other people. Um, but I'm super intimidated <laughs> by it. I'm super nervous, I'm super, you know, anxious because I'm like, oh my goodness do I, you know, is, do I need to be at everybody's event? Do I need to do this? But that's <laughs> the introvert, introvert in me that's wanting to cop out. But, um, I'm, you know, I'm going to definitely be strategic to figure out right. what makes the most sense for me, because I do, I do believe in just right, because it's right, there doesn't right. mean I have to be there. So <laughs> I'm just going to be strategic and see. So let, me take it, let me take it back a little bit. Um, in terms of your publishing, what made you want to do, okay. and I know you explained it a little bit, what, but what what made you want to do self-publishing rather than going a route of trying to find an agent and querying and trying to get tra- traditionally published? And mm-hmm. what, what was what was that, the mindset in making that decision? Literally all of that, just all of that, that <laughs> extraness <laughs> that comes with that. And prior to me even knowing to research self-publishing, I have actually heard a little bit about it. So I knew at least that much of what I've heard to go into and look and do my own research to see why it makes sense for me to self-publish, which again, I do believe that it's more lucrative. You, you keep, you know, this project is a hundred percent mine. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not selling my rights or I'm not um, allowing another company to be the, the, so in charge of my book, it's my book. I self-published. And that just means that I use the service to to put everything together for me. They don't own anything I do. So it's like you keep 100% of what's yours, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> is that idea, are, are you that, is there something you would consider though if the, if the opportunity um, arose traditionally publishing? It would, it would really have to make sense. At this time, I'm not even, I'm not thinking, I'm not even um, thinking that yet just because I don't, I know I don't, I'm still at a point where I don't want to just because I want to get so much off the ground still with Miracle Malcolm. But you're right. If the opportunity came, I was approached with a certain, you know, um, a certain proposition, a certain, you know, proposal, I would be okay with at least hearing them out and seeing if it makes sense. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So just just by this interview, um, I noticed uh-huh. something. <laughs> okay. So, which I which which is which is very interesting, and okay. honestly, I think it's very important. Uh, you know what I mean? That, and it's crazy how the interview brings that out. Uh, there are writers out there who are just writing, 
Um, yeah. You seem to know the one thing about you. Uh, you seem to know your brand. You know exactly yeah, what you want. <laughs> you know exactly yeah. where you wanted to go. You know exactly what mm-hmm. you wanted to stand for. Yeah. Reach mm-hmm. out. Reach out to and 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 you're firm on it. You know what I mean? Because nine times out of yeah. ten, most authors. Oh yeah, I take it. But you know your brand. You're like, yeah, whatever. Them, them companies can come with the offers, but if it ain't <laughs> exactly. on my terms. So break that down for those writers out there who have the passion, who have the talent. But it seems like your 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 experience, your life experience, the modeling, everything has made you understand what your brand was, made you understand what you want out of the business, That's what you it. want out of life. Break that down yeah. to the writers who don't have that type of experience you have and, and explain to them why is in why it is important to you that it should be important to right. them about knowing their brand. Right. That's just it. You you hit it on the head. I think my life experiences, me modeling for nine years, me meeting certain individuals, me learning myself, knowing what I want. So it's trial and error, you know, you you grow to a point. We still have growing to do, but you reach a certain point where you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I want. This is what it'll be. Because this is for the betterment of my life, but not only my life, this is the betterment of my child, the people around me and everybody we come in contact with. So like-mindedness, you know, if I want people to to kind of have that same that same energy, you got to put out there what you want to attract. And if you want to attract success, you got to you got to act it. You got to be it. You got to, you know, um, embody every bit of what you're wanting to put out there and attract back in return. So. I think, you know, when it comes down to it, if that's what you want, you know what you want, you know um, what's needed to go get it, you have to position yourself. Like I've mentioned earlier in our interview that I know I'm envisioning my my end result, my potential person. So in order to be her, I have to push uh. myself. I have to level up in in all areas. I have to hold myself accountable. I have to be this person on purpose. You know, sometimes it's hard, but to be something on purpose means you have to force it in a way, you know, you have to be it um, unapologetically. You have to continue to work at being this person so much that now you're this person because this is who you're putting out to the universe. This is who the universe is sending back to you. And, you know, so it's just being this person on purpose, who you want to be where you want your brand to be. And it's important because it's your voice. It's your way. It's your mark on the world. It's how you're, it's your way to showcase what you are, who you are to the world. And what better way when it's not, you know, when it's without conditions, when it's without, you know, oh, I'll be this as long as, no, I'm going to be this mm, because this mm, is who I am. Perfect. <laughs> so now, <laughs> so now <laughs> there is another group of writers out there um whether they're yeah indecisive about whether they want to get into this business whether they want to um put themselves out there tap into that vulnerability and put themselves out there put their stories out there but they have a story just like you had a story that are, that could change lives that could bring people together right um they have an idea right. They don't have, they didn't put the pen to the paper yet. They have an idea. They want to share. They know they want to share their story, but they're, they have a little bit of reluctancy. What advice would you give them right right now? 
Honestly, just to start, and and that's the advice I was given because it is overwhelming at first. It is intimidating at first when all you have is an idea and you're, you're not even sure. Even if you research, you're not even sure what you're researching because I've been there. I was, I was even there at several moments with Miracle Malcolm where I wrote it, but I'm like, okay, um, just because I Googled a company, what do I do now? And you know, just getting the advice and, and being influenced by a lot of the moms that I follow, even though I have not even met them, I'm influenced by their journey because I look back on their pages or I read through their stories and their bios and I, I connect with them through their DMs and we talk and they're just like, I literally just started with this or I just started last year and I'm already at this point. So it's like, just start. And you're gonna, you'll look up next year mm. and you'll be like, man, I just started this and I'm already here. And for myself, I just started in November and I'm already here. So it's just literally just starting at wherever, however, just start and just execute. Like execution is huge. It's extremely huge. So if you just have an idea, like I mentioned before, that intellectual property that's golden, but if it's nothing, if it's just an idea. So that execution is real. That push through is real. Um, you know, the legwork behind it, all of that is just real. As long as you're moving your feet constantly and consistency is key. Mm. <laughs> so tell me, what, <laughs> what was your greatest moment as a writer? Um, honestly, literally this, this moment, um, is is probably the monumental but my greatest moment was seeing my potential when i wrote my first screenplay that was my moment of whoa <laughs> like because you know you finish it and when i finished i was like there is no way you know i just did this and i did it because i was that inspired just like i did with this book i was that inspired by my by my son by you know what we went through so i think First, the screenplay, because it allowed me to reach a peak at my of my talent that I'd never even knew I had. And now this to to be at this point, my first published book, um, my first introduction as an author, this is a next level of, um, you know, whoa, it's like an <laughs> aha moment because it allowed me to see yet again, you know, where my talents could take me. So. I think this this would definitely be the second. So what is your greatest moment as a mother? As a mother, hmm, that's the first question that you have me think. <laughs> <laughs> My greatest moment as a mother. Wow. Hmm. I would I would have to say wow. I don't know if I have a greatest moment like a moment that sticks out the most. I think what I can appreciate is how you don't you don't realize the strength that you have. Uh. So honestly, I, I I take that back. I I think getting through the healing myself, really, honestly, writing the book, healing myself, being a stay-at-home mom, tackling certain things, why you know, just being that quote unquote superwoman, you look back and you have to pay homage to yourself. Uh -huh. You have to celebrate those small beginnings and say you got through this you know you're getting through this you did this while doing this while mothering while healing while doing this you got through this you know so 
I think just the journey, the process, the that whole duration, I was a stay-at-home mom for 11 months. So that whole 11 months, I think I will I will acknowledge and say that those moments were my greatest because it allowed me to heal and start my healing, write my book, bond with my child and see my strengths, you know, because I'm a first-time mom and just even dealing with that in itself, you know, so all of those moments um, within that 11 months really allowed me to see and know what I was capable of as a mother. So your life, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you live, I would say (laughs) you live a life, just hearing everything, you live a life that, um, a lot of people couldn't handle it. Uh, you know what I mean? You, 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 when you sit back and think about it, like you say, even sitting back, like you said, sitting back and think about just the things you have accomplished as a mother, mm-hmm. um, just even some of the things you have accomplished as a woman. You know what I mean? So you're, you're a writer. You're a mother. Yeah. You, you're, you're, you're juggling a relationship. You're juggling work. You're juggling a business, right. a brand, like all those things. How do you... How do you find yes, balance Jesus. for it all? Because like I said, all that stuff, a lot of people can't handle that. You know what I mean? They can't handle doing all these things at once. Like you said, yes. you're moving, you're doing, how do you, how you balance it all to, to, to keep yourself on track with all those things? Man, you just allowed <laughs> me to, you really allowed me to put it all in perspective again. But it, <laughs> you, you handle it as it comes, you know, and I think, um, because I am someone who could get overwhelmed easily and, and get super um, caught up in the emotion of it because that's just, you know, that's my makeup. But when it happens, you know, because I have an accountability partner, I have to I have to hold true to, you know, forcing myself to grow. And, and in the midst of it, I'm growing through it all, through the transitions, through the the motherhood and through the juggling work and light and mom life. And, you know, it's all a, it's all a, um, a learning moment. It's all a moment that I take in every day and I have to literally take it as it comes. Um, it's not as overwhelming now as it was when it first began, but cause now I feel like I have such a grasp on it and it's just because of the, the routineness of it. The, it's just because of the everyday of it that it gets easier. But um, right away for anyone starting off with it. Yeah. You're going to just have to take it for what it is at that moment, live through it, get through it, build, grow, learn, repeat, you know? So it's like a constant cycle of trial and error until you get to a point where it's second nature. And I think that's where I am now. It's gotten to be so second nature. So, so a part of my life now, even incorporating the Miracle Malcolm brand, because I've been used to doing this, adding something, on, you know, whether it was modeling or whatever the case, a side hustle, whatever, I was used to it. This was just another hat on top of another one. So I was already in motion and the groove of being used to this, this type of life that um, it was easy. It was an easy transition. It wasn't challenging, challenging moments, but the whole idea of it wasn't challenging. Mm. So Miracle Malcolm. Your debut book. Mm-hmm. Why it is? Why is it important for children literacy and for literacy in general? Why is this book? What what separates this book from Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham? <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. What what separates this book? Right. The 
not not and not to stay because all of those educate they seriously do they all educate but because this raises a whole nother level of awareness and education um you know and it, it it's because it will be a series it will touch on just certain facts and health and and really dive into to those points that um I think that's what sets it apart. That's what makes it different. It's not your your normal, ordinary, cute children's book. It's a book that it's gonna be cute by default, <laughs> but it's it's gonna teach you. It's gonna really go there with you regarding a a, a topic that's not talked about, you know. And I think because I'm taking that chance of going there, that risk, that that um including a lot of vulnerability and, and transparency in it, but keeping it kid friendly. I'm doing all of that in this book. And it's just, I think that's, what's going to set it apart from your average. Book. Mm. So miracle, the miracle Malcolm brand, where is it going? What is the future mm -hmm. for miracle Malcolm? Where do you see you going with this? Yeah. So we have so many different projects coming up. Um, as I mentioned, I do, it will be a series. That's a for sure. It'll be a series. Um, we have products dropping. Um, I I'm hoping by the summer of 2020, another product being released, um, apparel, um, you know, commercials, like we really have a whole cartoon. It's a whole plan for, for Miracle Malcolm. So I do see it transitioning from it being a book to an actual brand because I'm building the brand. So eventually under that umbrella will be multiple products, um, you know, and my, my end result, like looking down years from now, having it be a foundation, uh. a full on foundation of like a March of dimes and like these organizations that are the housing and the, the go-tos and the, the foundations for, Premature awareness. That's where I see Miracle Malcolm. Mm. That was dope, 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 dope. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, <laughs> now we're going to, real seriously, like, like because people, it's important to have, like I said, you're, you're a person, just based off the interview, you're a person that's every writer, and I don't want your DMs to blow up now, but every writer should right. take a second <laughs> to contact Oh, and just you. pick your brain a little bit because you have the vision. You know what I mean? That's and that's important. That's just as important of having the talent. You know what I mean? But like I said, I don't like. You know what I mean? That's kind of like mentorship, Thank and you so get paid for that. So, <laughs> so I don't know. But right, it's like, right. like you said, yeah. <laughs> you're diving into a whole nother, a whole nother kit, and hold that just right. to add another, something else to your plate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I think that's important of if just knowing your brand, where you want to take it, and having the vision right. for it. Just hearing that is refreshing because people can, I don't know, even people, someone hearing this that said, oh, that found, we need a foundation like that. Now they know where to go, where the, the, the grassroots can start. Right. You know what I mean? And who can start it and right. things like that. Right. But that's definitely important. But we are about to jump into the believe it or not section of this show. <laughs> the section where um, I got three facts from you, three facts about you. Two of them are true. One of them is false. I get one yes. question to ask for each, uh, okay. each fact to guess to see which one um, is not true. 
So, so okay. <laughs> first fact was that you were Jet Beauty of the Week in 2015. The second fact, mm-hmm. uh, you toured with a gospel singer and artist Fred Hampton and his team. Uh, you were a promotional model mm-hmm. for an apparel company and provided his shirts during the tour. And the third one is you were a ghostwriter for several children's books prior to finally releasing your own. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of them sound like it's true. Um, right? Um, <laughs> Jet Beauty of the Week 2015. <laughs> Trying to think of a question. Uh, do you still, do you have that, um, copy of the magazine that you were in. You know, so <laughs> when when I did that, when I when I worked and did that opera and had that opportunity, it was for the digital release because you know, as you, you know, as people are aware, Jet Beauty was a magazine that came, you know, in the mail and it was a little cute little um magazine. But when I had the opportunity to to be become and be a part of that whole transition it was for the digital so we really it was me and two other girls we really started um that next wave of jet beauty of the week by being digital we were the first models to to start the digital wave of of jet beauty of the week damn i need another question i can't (laughs) all right um number two you (laughs) toured with fred hampton and his team <laughs> what cities did y'all go to on the tour? So we went to Jacksonville, Florida. We went to Louisiana. Um, where else did we go? We went to Ohio. Where else did we go? Um, <laughs> it was so many. <laughs> it was so long ago too, but. <laughs> We um those are like those are like the most the most um memorable ones, at least for me, especially Louisiana. It was a lot of um a lot of those cities were my first time going to, of course. Um oh in South Carolina. South Carolina was was um was memorable as well. So we really we did a lot of traveling actually, but those cities were those were more memorable, I guess. So that's that's probably why they stick Dang. out the most. <laughs> <laughs> um, a ghostwriter for several <laughs> children's books prior to releasing your own. How those writers get in contact with you? So they found me uh, just through social media. Um, and just kind of through word of mouth too, it was just from people that I stumbled upon in my modeling career and people that just knew in my circle that knew I had a love for writing and just, you know, wanted to use me for, for their create their, their creative writing services because they knew that it came easy to me. So just word of mouth and through social media. And it was, it was always, you know, an intimate circle. It wasn't never really um, just random people. It was just people that knew of me. Mm. 
<laughs> um I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with based on my assumption of your brand and stuff like that. <laughs> um Right. Cause you said you ain't signing with no damn traditional if it ain't right. So I I damn sure think you ain't gonna write for nobody if it ain't in your brand. That's so, so true. I'm gonna go with number three. So that's right. <laughs> yep, that's good. Yeah. So that that one is the lie. <laughs> so break it oh, so now we gotta talk about the other two. That jet beauty, okay. how the heck did that come along? Man, it was so random. It really was. I was approached by a photographer because I had worked with over 20 photographers since my modeling career from start to finish, over 20 photographers. And one of the photographers that I worked with once, he just, you know, emailed me and like, hey, it started off super casual. He didn't even mention Jap Beauty until I got there. So he's like, hey, could you come out and do a shoot with me? And It'll be other models. And I'm like, okay, is it a paid shoot? Or, you know, just what are the terms? And he's just like, oh, it's just TFP. You know, could you come out and do this? And I think I honestly just did it because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> like, I didn't want to. I just wanted to do it. And I'm glad I did because when I got there, a whole camera, you know, camera crew and makeup artists and um, the makeup artist actually ended up being someone who I, who I would then go on to work with down the line and Damn. so you know it just was more than what i thought it was when i before i got there when i got there they're like okay sign this i'm like what am i signing right right, right. <laughs> and they're like well this is for jet beauty <laughs> this is for jet beauty of the week um you know you'll you you three models will be the 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 launch of our digital magazine and i was i was like okay that's crazy <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah. and that sounded like a lie too. You said that you was like, "Oh yeah, we were the first of the digital." I'm like, "Did they ever go?" <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, "Yep, uh, they went digital. <laughs> they went digital, and we were the first three models. Me, Nicole, and I forget the other model's name, um, but it was crazy. three of us. We we launched their digital magazine. So, look it up. Google me. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I, I don't like my picture, but look it up. Look it up anyway. But, um, <laughs> And look it up anyway. I was there. <laughs> so the Fred Hammond tour, how'd that happen? <laughs> so that happened with me. So it started out with me working with this um, husband and wife team. She had an apparel company called Pretty Girls for Christ. So we worked, I worked several events with her, Black Women's Expo. We did the World at the World Hair Show in Atlanta. So I had went to several events with them prior to them extending the offer to go on tour with Fred Hammond for, um, it was supposed to be a, a 60, I want to say it was a 60 city tour, Damn. if I'm not mistaken, if I could remember all of that correctly. Um, but honestly, the way my mind is, right, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you half of them. But um, it's super rewarding experience. Um, I actually didn't even finish the tour because I, other personal life, ex you know, life um, experiences happen. And I cut the tour short, came home and, and uh, got back to life. But for the cities that I went to, the time that I was there, super rewarding, interacted with some amazing people. Um, and just to travel alone, being able to travel and, and um, get out of your, the norm was, was rewarding also. Mm. 
So that last, so speaking of the last yeah. fact, would you ever ghostwrite for somebody? No. <laughs> oh, snap now. <laughs> I would, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I just wouldn't. That's just not something that I would do. Um, because I think it just has to be so much deeper than that. It has to be like, I literally have to see your project as mine, mm. and, you know, and it's just not to sound selfish or whatever. I just know my headspace. I know how I work creatively. And I just don't think I could wholeheartedly put my all into another person's project. And I just hope that doesn't sound horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, you know, I'm never going to shoot down anything because if somebody extended an offer to write something for them in a, in a different style, because I know I've wrote things for other reasons, but it just would have to be it. Like I said before, it have to make sense (laughs) for me to see and even and even (laughs) entertain the thought of it. You say you won't even write for yourself if it didn't have a purpose. It seemed like you write for with with a purpose, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like I have. (laughs) It's like I have to be driven. I have to be so inspired. Otherwise, I just can't. I can't produce good work if, or you know, I can't pull from nothing and i think that's what it'll ultimately end up being pulling from an empty vessel and pulling from a blank canvas really because i don't have anything to pull from to keep me going so i need something to keep me fueled in order to to finish a a project you know and not just start it but to actually finish it and allow it to be a success like the book and you know so Mm. Yeah, I just have so to. So, do you sense. see yourself writing anything um, outside of the Miracle Malcolm series, like a poetry book or anything like that? Um, I'm not sure. Possibly. I, I actually think I will be open to that because I do know I would be okay with writing other things for mm-hmm. moms and other things for parents and possibly just like a self biography or whatever. So, yeah, I think I would at, at some point, you know on the side or whatever as life continues i think i will be open to writing something other than miracle right that's dope all right i appreciate i appreciate you so much for this dope interview sharing your story shout out to you shout out to your family (laughs) shout out to malcolm um like like i said appreciate your story appreciate you writing this type of book appreciate you shining some light on uh premature births and bringing some awareness within that story just to share with everybody else. So let everybody thank know where they can you. get in contact with you, where they can find a book. I just know it released digitally. So shout out to that as well. Yeah, so tell, tell everybody where they can find everybody, uh, find all the books and, and to contact you. Perfect. So thank you again for the opportunity. Um, Miracle Malcolm is available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Walmart's uh, website. It's available digitally on your iPad and your phones and your, your eBooks. Um, we have plans to be in other retailers that'll be announced, um, you know, when it's appropriate and I'm available at bookings.arielsimmons at gmail.com for, you know, any inquiries regarding my projects or, you know, just wanting to reach out to touch base and follow up, um, Instagram as well at Ariel with two L's Simmons. Um, and then Miracle Malcolm, he's available Miracle X Malcolm on his page. So yes, follow us and we will we will be doing our best to keep everyone as updated um on everything and being as transparent throughout the whole process. Definitely. We appreciate it.
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you are appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.